Hey everybody, it's Christy Dole and you're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are new, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast, for expanding your mind um, and, you know, hanging out with me every week. Um, So it's been a couple of weeks since a new podcast came out and I'm totally fine with that. It is the summer. I'm giving myself grace and I really want to give you guys content that, you know, is powerful and that matters. I don't want to just pump stuff out to pump stuff out. So it's been a couple of weeks, but I'm really, really excited, a little bit nervous about what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I'm real. I've decided I'm just going to own what we're going to talk about today instead of being nervous. I I know this in my heart that the, my community, those of you who listen to this podcast, you guys are on my page. You're on you're on the same you know chapter of the book that I'm reading. Um, so let's have a chit chat today about a book that I just finished reading. Um, and actually, I'm going to do this little segment called Book Club, and this is the first one. So welcome to the first ever episode of Book Club with When Hustle Meets Flow. And this, this, for this very first edition, is the book called Mary Magdalene Revealed by Megan Watterson. It is a Wall Street Journal bestseller, um, and it's basically about Mary Magdalene Revealed, the first apostle, her feminist gospel, and the Christianity we haven't tried yet. So this is a very, very big subject, but I want to first sort of chat with you guys about how I came to find this book. Um, I want to really talk to you about the things that I've learned. And I really want the intention of this episode to just be about this question. What if? What if? Okay. So as I talk about the book and tell you what I learned, and I really just want you to think to yourself, what if that's true? what if that's actually the way it was supposed to be? What if, what if, what if? Okay, guys. So my intention with this podcast is to A, open you guys up to this book. I highly recommend you read it. Um, Full disclosure, I am not Christian. I am not Catholic. I was not raised Christian. I was raised Jewish. Okay. So um, it's kind of weird that I would pick up a book like this because I'm not Christian. um, And, you know, it's, you know, so, but the reason why I came across this book is I worked with a coach earlier this year who really opened up my eyes to um, feminine energy, goddess energy. And this idea of light and darkness, where darkness is not necessarily evil or anything like that, but it's kind of like what's hidden behind, what's in the shadow that we can't see. And one of the books that she recommended reading was this, Mary Magdalene Revealed. And basically, I'll just kind of give you a brief synopsis about the book. So the author of the book is a, um, she's a master of theological studies She's been to Harvard. Um, She's written a few books before. She is one of the scholars when it comes to Mary Magdalene. She has studied her for, I think, 20 or 30 years now. Um, 
So she wrote this book and the way that it's written is from her, it's written in the first person. So it is like a story, but she cites a lot of historical facts. I mean, there's at the, at the back of the book, there's like a reference section where you can, um, you know, find all the different, uh, she has an appendix where you, like resources and endnotes. So it's a very factual book in that she gives you her references for the facts that she, she teaches you. She, she lays out in the book, but it's really kind of about revealing who Mary Magdalene was. Now, it, when you think of Mary Magdalene, the first thing that comes to my mind is she was a prostitute, right? That's the story. And again, I'm not Christian, right? But I've, I've heard the story. I've watched those movies about Jesus and Mary Magdalene was always portrayed as you know, this, this woman that would ask Jesus for her forgiveness and blah, 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 blah. So what the book teaches and there's historical reference. Okay. This is not just an opinion of hers. Like she actually references this, but here's what I learned is number one, Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Okay. Basically what happened was Mary Magdalene was one of the first students of Christ. And there is scripture that was conveniently left out of the Bible. That's something that we're going to talk about here in a moment. Um, but if you didn't know this or not, but there are parts of the Bible that were taken out and that weren't included, like maybe three to four or 500 years after Jesus died. I don't know if you guys knew that, but there's parts of the Bibles that were taken out and what those parts of the Bible say, and it's, there's, again, there's historical reference, there's documentation to support this, but it was, it was said that Jesus would kiss Mary Magdalene on the mouth, that she was his companion and the word companion, they used this Greek word. I think it was, um, I can't remember it, but basically companion in the romantic sense. So Mary Magdalene was basically Jesus's girlfriend, wife, companion, whatever. And what the book really talks about is how Jesus was human. Okay. He was a human. And so of course he had a companion, right? Because humans, that's what they do. They, they want to be in relationship. They want to, he, he was a man, you know, he had his own, his own urges, if you will. Um, and Jesus actually would teach Mary things that he didn't teach the rest of his apostles. Now this upset a few of them. I think it was Peter. I think it was Peter mostly that was kind of like, why are you telling her things and you're not telling us things? And he would tell them because she can see and sense what I'm telling her where you guys can't. And that is kind of where this idea of the divine feminine comes from, right? The divine goddess. So I'm sure I'm kind of bouncing around, but so basically the story is that, um, she was, you know, Jesus's companion. He would teach his apostles, you know, all his things, but he told her things in secret that were just meant for her because her heart could understand them at the level that he, that, that it needed to be understood. And was that because she was a woman? Maybe. Was it because she just understood how to take in that feminine energy? Probably, right? Um, and so when she, after he passed, after he died and resurrected, 
Um, there's a big part of the book that talks about how she was a big part of his resurrection. And I guess in the Bible today, it says that when Jesus' body rose and they went into the cave to find him, that Mary was there. And so she had witnessed his resurrection. She was a part of kind of helping him resurrect, according to this book. Um, so after he passed, basically a few of the apostles, again, I'm not great with names. I, I think it was Peter, um, basically called her a liar, said like, you know, what he told you, we don't believe you. And she actually left, uh, wherever they were. And she took a boat and ended up in the South of France where she lived out the rest of her life. And she lived in the South of France. Um, she lived in a community with, um, not really monks, but kind of like monks that had like, you know, their own community, if you will. And she taught her, you know, she, she basically taught her version of Christianity there, but it ended there. When she passed, all of her writings and teachings were burned or buried. There were a few monks who kind of broke the rules and saved some of her gospel, but not all of it. So any variation of Mary Magdalene's gospel that has ever been found is missing like 15 pages. And it's the same pages in every, every um, artifact that they have found. It's the same pages that are missing. So there's something that Jesus taught her that she wrote down and was teaching to others that priests and monks back in those days didn't want people to know about. So they just completely destroyed those and they kept some of her, they kept some of her stuff and it's been unearthed and revealed. And, and a lot of it is in this book. So basically that's kind of after he, Jesus passed, that's kind of how, um, her gospel kind of went away. And then the way that she actually, this rumor about her being a prostitute started, it was about four, three or 400 years AD. There was a Pope that basically started the rumor and it just took off like wildfire. And if you do research guys, if you're listening to this and you're massively triggered, I'm sorry, but I'm just sharing with you what, what I've learned this book, it has historical reference. But if you actually do some research, the Catholic church denounced or renounced, I don't know what the, the word is, but they basically took back that she was a prostitute and they made it right in their own way. And she's now an apostle. So if you go talk to your priest or pastor or whoever and ask, because it's actually written in the history books, it's like written in their files that Mary Magdalene, it was a lie. She wasn't actually a prostitute. And she was one of Jesus's apostles. And in fact, she was his first apostle. But again, because she's a woman, this is why I'm talking about this on this platform right now, is because this huge historical shift in the fact that she's a woman and she couldn't be trusted and she, she, she must have been lying. And how could Jesus tell a woman something and not tell the rest of you know, the men that he was surrounded with? That is such a thread that we must follow into why the world is the way it is today. That's really what I wanted to talk to you guys about. So in this book, 
um, Mary Magdalene, basically what the, the parts that were not destroyed that have been studied and interpreted and everything is that Jesus taught Mary that God is within that the number one powerful force on this earth is love. And I, you know, it's funny when I read this book, I was kind of like, Oh God, like I roll love, you know, but I think it's this version of love that many of us have yet to kind of experience. And it's truly this unconditional love. That's always, always, always there. Um, Mary Magdalene also revealed uh, that Jesus talked about stillness and how it's in the stillness that you will find love. It's in the stillness that you will find God. So basically saying, you know, meditating, <laughs> being quiet is how you truly connect with God. Now, the book also goes on to say that there's a reason why, you know, after Jesus died and, and there were so many different you know, Christianity was against the law back then, right? And once it started to shift and change where Christianity actually became what everyone, you know, what what the Europeans wanted to go and spread through the world through the crusades and stuff, they did not want any sort of information that made people feel empowered on their own. This is why you guys... I mean, it's all of these puzzle pieces are starting to make sense. This is why any sort of um, nature-based ritual, um, crystals, you know, um, honoring the moon, anything that was meditation or chanting or fire dancing or anything that wasn't of the church was basically you were killed. I mean, Honestly, guys, do your look through your history. And it was vicious back then, you know? And there was a lot of power that they wanted. And it was all through you must go through this avenue. You must go through the church. You must go through Jesus. And what Mary Magdalene's gospel actually reveals is how untrue that is. How Jesus was actually human. He how Jesus never wanted to be separate from humans. Jesus never wanted to be put on a pedestal. He never wanted to be worshiped. He was trying to teach us all how to be good people and how to connect with that God within. But because certain people in power after he died, they didn't want that. Because think about it, you guys, if all of us are empowered to feel like we have God within us, to feel like we can truly create whatever we want, what do you think that means for, you know, the powers that be, the people that want to keep us in line, right? That's not, that's scary. They don't want that. And you can still see that today in how religion is still being enforced today with like abortion and, you know, gay and um, LGBTQ family and things like that. It's like they take all of these twisted things and try to make it true. And what it ends up doing is separating and making us all feel, well, it makes a lot of people hate. And then it makes the rest of us feel disempowered. And so that's the shift and the change that is literally here at our doorsteps. And that is the shift and change that I personally am here for is 
teaching each and every one of you that the power is within you. So, you know, I don't really know how to say this, but if you were brought up and still believe that power to create and God is outside of you, is this thing out there, is Jesus, is God, is is a man in the sky, the father in the sky, you have been led under false pretenses. We all have. The last 2,000 years have been have has been missing a huge piece of what he actually said. And it's been missing because it was told by a woman. And if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what does because <laughs> it really pisses me off. But we can see today with, with um, mis- misogyny. I mean, gosh, if... There is an overall detest of women out there by certain men. You know, uh, there's a lot of men, even my sweet, loving husband who has two daughters and is married to me, I see a little bit of that just ingrained in him. It's not his fault. It's how he was raised. Hang on, guys. I have to let my dog out. All right. So really what we're talking about here, guys, is opening up our eyes and looking at the world around us and our circumstances and asking what part of my life is keeping me trapped, is keeping me stuck, is keeping me in a cage. And if we just follow that thread to the root, is it possible that you are living under dogma and belief systems that were not ever true. That's the real aha I want you guys to take away from this conversation. And I highly recommend that you go and read this book, highly. I'm going to share with you one thing I learned in this book that I've been doing the last two days. I should have highlighted this because I actually forget what it's called, but there's a certain meditation that a sect of Christians. Um, I mean, I I feel like it was like three or 400 years after Jesus passed a certain sect of Christians, um, practice this meditation and it's like a three-step meditation. And the first step is you ask, you set the intention to connect with your heart. So you close your eyes, you take, you know, however you meditate for me, I close my eyes, I take some deep breaths into my low belly. I exhale through my mouth. That's my way of just sort of settling in. And then I, in my mind, I say, I'm setting the intention to connect with my heart. Now for me, I'm very in my head, very, very much. Even with all the work that I do on myself, I'm still very much in my head. So when I connect with my heart, I visually see myself in my heart space, like right in the middle of my chest. And the way that she explained it in the book was wherever your heart is, a vision will come to you, whether it's like a beautiful cathedral or you're out in nature or you're holding one of your children's hands. Like where is that place where your heart lives? And for me, it's, (laughs) I feel like it's like a movie, but for me, I am outside. It's nighttime. There's trees. I look up and I see the moon and some shooting stars. 
And that's where my heart lives. So I visually see that. And then the intention here and the real goal, if there is one, is to feel that. So there's a difference between seeing your heart space and feeling your heart space. And to be honest with you guys, I'm still very much in that first step of really truly feeling my heart space. What does that feel like? And again, it's a battle with my head because my head wants to see images, but that takes me out of my body and into my head, right? It's more about a feeling. Once you have connected with your heart, you want to take another deep breath in. And this time you want to set the intention to talk with your soul. So once you are in the space of your heart, now you can connect in with your inner soul, your your highest self, the essence of who you are. And it's truly in that place, again, when you're feeling, not thinking, but feeling that you can literally ask your soul anything. And you know that you're there because your soul always answers back with love, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the problem, no matter what the issue, your soul always wants, it always is going to answer back with love. Even if the answer is harsh and hard and doesn't want you want to hear, it's going to have that resounding love. And then the third step is you then just have gratitude, just say thank you over and over and over. And that is a beautiful way. And by the way, that's what Jesus taught Mary. And that's how this sect of Christians learned it because they learned it from her after he passed in the South of France. So this is kind of a way to truly connect in that they're not teaching in church and they're not telling you, right? I I have cousins who I obviously love. They're beautiful, wonderful, good, kind hearted people. And they were brought up very Christian. And something that always blows my mind, and a lot of people do this, is like something great will happen and they give all the thanks to Christ. They give all the thanks to Jesus Christ. This never would have happened if it weren't for Jesus. And I actually think that that is against what he wanted. I really believe that he was trying to teach us how to know the power within us. And yet there's this huge section of Christianity. I mean, Christianity in and of itself is giving all praise to Christ, giving it all away, giving it all outside of yourself. And what that does, and this is just my opinion, but what that does is it keeps you small. It keeps you disempowered. It keeps you scared of God. It keeps you scared of life. It keeps you feeling like you're a victim even though you're the one that's creating your life. And that was really the biggest lesson that I learned from this book, Mary Magdalene Revealed, is, and and here's the interesting thing, is I swear to God, you guys, I have known this in the core of my soul. Like I have known this in the marrow of my bones that God is inside of me, that it's all within. And I've never been taught that. You know, like I said, I was brought up Jewish. They don't really talk to, I mean, I can't speak for all all synagogues and all Hebrew schools, but mine never really talked too much about, obviously never really talked about Jesus. Um, but the Judaism that I was brought up in wasn't so um, like 
you know, if you're not Jewish, you're going to hell. Like that was never the vibe. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm so open today. Um, the Judaism that I grew up in was really about being a good person. It was about helping your neighbors. Um, the truth is 80% of it was in Hebrew. And so I never really knew what the heck they were talking about anyway. But the vibe that I got was just like, be a good person. Like there was never, ever discussion about abortion or gay people or sin or burning in hell or anything like that. Um, and I do know that a lot of faiths, not just Christianity, but a lot of faiths tend to do that. Um, I think if you guys have ever heard the podcast I did, about something that happened with my daughter, but I have a neighbor who um, basically has discriminated against me and my family. Um, she's a Jehovah's Witness, and because I have crystals and you know goddess cards in my house, she says that her religion says that we're evil, and my kids can't play with her kids anymore. And that has crushed my daughter because this person lives like I could throw a rock at their house. That's how close they live. And it has crushed my daughter. And it's just another reason why if you are believing in anything, anything that promotes discrimination, that makes you feel small, that tells you that because you're a woman, you can't sit or be at the same table as men. If you are practicing anything that makes you feel like your power and your answers are outside of you. I say this with so much love, but seriously run. <laughs> you're you're it's an old paradigm that you are still engaging in. It's an old paradigm and in fact, it's a false paradigm because according to this book and all of the research and historical references in it, this was never what Jesus wanted. Jesus wa Jesus told a woman all of the beautiful dark ways, right? And when I say dark, I don't mean evil. I just mean things that you can't see, the hidden, right? If you're meditating, that's a little bit of darkness because meditation, it's quiet, it's silent, it's still, it's just for you. It's not out there and showy and here I am, you know, at church singing and this, that, and the other. No, it's you with yourself. And people don't want to do that because it's hard. And I am encouraging you guys, my listeners to do that because you're worth it. And because I think that's how it was meant to be. This also really opened up this idea of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And the way I see it now is like Jesus really embodied that divine masculine. You know, he showed compassion. He showed love. He showed strength. And Mary was his divine feminine, and she is who he shared these teachings with. And again, because she was a woman, all the other people didn't believe her. And not only that, but they started a rumor about her a few hundred years later that she was a prostitute. And, you know, that rumor lasted until 1960. And so this book completely broke me open in so many ways and has just really invigorated my passion, my dharma, my purpose. And I'm really here to help women, women especially wake up, to wake up to your power, to release all the things that are holding you back. Um, you can be Christian or Catholic or, you know, um, 
you can worship Christ or God or whoever. That's not what this is about. This is not about changing or shifting that. This is just about opening yourself up to a part that maybe you never knew about and a part that actually might make your make your um, faith even stronger and bigger and more expansive and more beautiful. And who doesn't want that? All right, guys, this was a very, very big topic. Um, I hope that I did a good job in kind of opening you guys up to what this book was about. I really encourage you to go out and, and read it yourself. It's such a good read. It's an easy read. It's beautifully written. Um, and please, I would love to hear your feedback. Message me, email me. I'm on Instagram at when hustle meets flow. You can email me info at when hustle. No, that's not true. You can email me at when hustle meets flow at gmail.com. Um, and I encourage you to please take a picture of yourself listening to this podcast or take a picture of the podcast itself, share it on your social, let everyone know what you're listening to, what you took away from it, how it's expanding you and how it's helping you grow on your journey. I so appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my next podcast is going to be all about my human design journey and how I am now, um, offering human design in my coaching. I'm doing sessions. So I'm really excited about that. You guys, I will see you next week. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day.